welcome to the Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I am Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and on this episode, Corinne and I are kicking off the month of May with an episode about the Blessed Virgin Mary. We take this time to kind of talk about who this woman is as the mother of Jesus, but also who she is as our Heavenly Mother, as the mother of each one of us as Christians. And so uh, take some time to reflect on the Mother of the Lord and enjoy. Well, Father, happy early Mother's Day. That's right. That's uh, this weekend? That is this weekend, this Sunday. Nice. That's actually when I made my first communion you on made Mother's first Day. On Mother's Day? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. May 9th. Which is in two days? It's the seventh. I have no idea. You just, you literally just confirmed that it was the seventh. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You hit record and suddenly the past 30 minutes are gone. Everything's gone in my brain. Good, good. Well, this will be an interesting show. Yeah, yeah, I'm in an interesting place, but... So happy uh, upcoming First Communion anniversary for you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to your mama. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. She's great. Happy month of May. Happy month of May. I think this is my favorite month. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Well, first of all, I love that it's Mary's month. Mm -hmm. I love that this is when you start getting the first taste of summer, which is so exciting. Like, you know, the anticipation Mm -hmm. is oftentimes sometimes better than the trip itself. You know, like packing to go to grandma's and everything or packing to go to the beach. You're just so excited. And then you get there and you like unpack and you're doing it. But like the trip down, you're just like imagining all of the amazing things that are going to happen there. Yep, yep, yep. So sometimes I, I feel like that's the month of May. I think May is also for me the month that I can finally like open my windows and enjoy fresh air yeah because like every now and then in april or even march you may get like a really beautiful day um but especially because i I love to drive with my windows down and my music blaring yep and like when you first get those nice days the the air is still pretty cold and crisp like it's it's nice but the air is still very crisp and it's not really until may that the weather begins to turn and like you can drop your windows and like really enjoy that. Yeah. Everything's in bloom. Everything's in bloom by this point. Our allergies are, are in off full bloom. <laughs> sneezing everywhere. Yeah. Which now is not appropriate. You know, uh, everybody thinks you have Corona every time you sneeze. And it's like, I swear it's just allergies. That's People don't think that. I think you think that. <laughs> I think you don't know the symptoms. there are literal is there like an infographic or something i could read yes there are and they actually say snoozing is not part of it Eh, we'll see Uh, yeah there's such a big emphasis on you know proper sneezing etiquette that i figured part of it all can you please elaborate you know like sneezing into your elbow like chicken wing dab sneeze yeah okay that's the full extent of sneezing etiquette? I think so. Okay. How do you, like, fold your tissue? Is that? You just crumple it up, throw it away. Okay, cool. <laughs> sneezing etiquette with Father Joseph Anthony. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great. Also, I love um, getting us more on topic. Um, yeah, please do. I think the first day of May is my favorite day of the whole year because it's the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker. Yes, it is. And then yes, it's it is. the first day of May. So it's this is Mary's month. So you get Joseph, Mary. Obviously, Jesus is applicable every day. So you just get like this little Tag mini. Came up in there. Yeah, like holy family, but like <laughs> hipster holy family feast day because people don't really make those connections. And so I'm like, it's like the holy family. And I'm celebrating it on my own and nobody else is. Hipster holy family. Feast day, yeah. It's like St. Joseph with full frame glasses. Yes. Flannel, because he's a carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to stop that right now (laughs) and keep going. Um, Do you think he carried Jesus in a baby Bajoran thing? (laughs) Yes. Around the carpenter shop? Of course. Just, just yeah okay oh all of jesus's toys were you know like the super organic and all natural yeah. they were all yeah. wood toys yeah exactly <laughs> for multiple reasons you know <laughs> but that's why um yeah so month of may it's a great month um being mary's month mm-hmm. there's some big significance in that how cool is that that we give an entire month to Mary. Do we do that with any other, like, you know, like September is the month of martyrs? I, I don't know. I think July is a sacred heart. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that when the feast day of the sacred heart is? Typically. Because yeah. sacred and immaculate heart are like back to back. Okay. And they're like the first, the first weekends outside of Easter. Right. So I did like know after that. Pentecost okay. and all that fun stuff and then so they they kind of change around but they're mostly in july okay so you have a month of the sacred heart october's month of rosary that's so like right. mary oh, kind of gets two months up in there of course she does november is the month of the the, the dead the deceased yes okay cool wow i want to research and learn all of that but I think march is saint joseph oh mm-hmm. i feel like that should be a bigger deal it is in my life. Well, <laughs> this is the first time hearing about I'm like, it. You can make that a big deal for you. <laughs> I will. Um, okay, but if it's Mary's month, like, I don't know. This is, well, she has two months. This is a huge area yeah. in our faith. Yeah. And I feel like everybody's got those, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. When did you first fall in love with her? <laughs> I mean, for me, it was um, when I was studying abroad in. Um, I went. Our study abroad program was in um, Austria, but we would do a pilgrimage to Lourdes, France, which was amazing. And I was helping to lead the pilgrimage, and part of our time was helping to serve um, the sick throughout. You know, helping them in the baths and helping them at the train stations and all that fun stuff. Can you give a little short snippet overview of Lourdes? Like, why? Why would? What is the significance of this? Yeah, so Place. this was an uh, apparition um, of the Blessed Mother to this young pr- peasant girl. Um, St. Bernadette. St. Bernadette, yes. Um, her family was so poor that they were living in an abandoned jail cell. So, like, the wow. city took their prisoners and said, this place isn't um, fit for prisoners. Move them to another location, and then their family moved in to the abandoned jail because mm. that's all they could, um, that's the only place they could live and afford. 
Um, and so, um, yeah, Blessed Mother appeared to her as she was actually trying to gather firewood for her family. And it was a series of different appearances um, to this young peasant girl. And um, she identified herself as being the Immaculate Conception. And um, that was pretty important because uh, the, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception was just um, kind of promulgated a few years before that. And there's no way that this peasant girl who was uneducated would have ever heard of that or identified this woman by that title. Right. And so that was part of what gave the credibility there. But uh, part of the apparition, too, was that um, Our Lady asked for Bernadette to drink and bathe in the water there and so bernadette turned to the nearby river thinking that's what she meant but the lady said no like right at your feet and so she dug and there was this miraculous spring of water that nobody mm. knew about or that came up and it still flows to this day yes it does and there's a lot of um healings both uh, physical healings but also spiritual healings that take place for those who participate in uh kind of heed that request of our lady so this it's a place a huge of pilgrimage site. huge pilgrimage site um there and there's a lot of stories and beautiful miracles that have taken place in Lourdes. Like I said, both of physical healings but also spiritual healings right. as well. Okay. And part so. of my life and my vocation and, and everything goes back to my time in Lourdes. Okay, so you were in college. I was a senior in college. It was the fall semester of my senior year. Were you discerning priesthood at this point? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Okay. I was, but at the same time, it was like kind of, you know, you're in college, everything's on the table uh, okay, type of stuff. So um, end up going to Lourdes, and when you go to the grotto, which is where Our, Our Lady appeared, <clears throat> there's a place on the ground that has a tile that says it's on this location that St. Bernadette um, first received the appearance of Our Lady, the apparition of Our Lady. And so I was like, you know, trying to be a good Catholic kid. I was like, I'm going to pray at that exact spot and it's going to be great, you know. Is this where you're walking like underneath the grotto? No. It's it's further back. It's it's further back. It's actually like in what seems to be like a little plaza. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that. Okay. Because you can walk through and under the grotto, and yeah, there's like a line, that's like and a it's a perpetual little procession. Like procession yeah. yeah, it's nowhere near that. Okay. It's out by a bunch of benches. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. That's cool. And so I just like knelt down there, and I was starting to pray, and I was, I was really wrestling with this whole vocation thing. You know, should I be a priest? Should I not be a priest? Blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those beautiful moments that you don't really have much explanations for. But um, it was at that moment I'm kind of going back and forth saying, you know, okay, late, or, you know, the mother of the Lord, you know, this miraculous lady from Lord's like, what am I to do with this? And I remember just as clear as day, there, there's that like kind of piercing voice in my own heart. And it said, you know, you are mine now and I'm never letting go. Wow. And... I, st I paused for a second. I was like, wait, what? You know, am I just thinking this in my own head or am I hearing things? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, where did that come from? And then it, uh, she repeated it again. You are mine now and I'm never letting go. And like that for me was the absolute confidence I needed to, to kind of like make that bold jump and that bold uh, leap. 
and I remember like walking away from that. First off, I was like jacked up, pumped. I was like, this is awesome. Like I just have that kind of moment of clarity. Um, but also I remember walking away saying like, okay, like I have this kind of confidence and protection. I have um, guidance. And so wherever I can make a confident decision now, even if it's a bold one, even if it's um, something I'm sure of, I don't know all the facts. I don't know what it looks like. I can make that because I have this like confidence of protection and guidance from our lady in that. Right. And so like it, it gave me like a lot of uh, energy to kind of move forward. And yeah, that's, that's for me like where I'd always appreciated, you know, I went to Catholic school all my life. I remember praying the rosary, coloring pictures of our lady and coloring books. I remember doing all that stuff. But for me, like where my appreciation, devotion, love of our blessed mother all goes back to Lords. Wow. That's a beautiful story. And, you know, I've, I visited Lords too, and it's, it's amazing to see how many people go there and have these very unique, beautiful experiences with our lady that she's still so present within her church. Yeah. She's so amazingly active and she cares like a mother does. You know, I think we, we, we see her beauty. We see her, um, privileged role in our, our Lord's life throughout scripture and all these amazing things. And we talk about her being immaculately conceived and all this, but who she is, is she's a mother and that's who she is to us too. She's always a mother. Right. How fitting that mother's day is in the <laughs> month of May. I don't think it's a coincidence. Agreed. So no, it's, it's important stuff. Um, but from, from your perspective, from your perspective, um, can you hear me? Because my, yes, my headphones just cut out. <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> which is like hilarious because there's been this ongoing joke uh, off air between Corinne and I about our headphones. Um, oh, man. So this is this cuts deep How right does now. It feel? How does it sound? <laughs> I, have, I don't know. Only you know by this point. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't even know what I was going to ask you, but I think it was just, <laughs> this is hilarious, but with your own, um, you know, devotion to our lady and your own relationship with, um, with the blessed mother, you know, wh where, where are those things that you kind of always come back to? Is there, is there an experience or is there a scene in the gospel that to you kind of like just continues to drive, uh, your relationship or, um, your devotion to her? Yeah, so actually, I always felt a little, a little weird being, you know, growing up from like a very devout Catholic family, and uh, Mary obviously is very important in our Catholic faith, and as I got older, started, you know, hearing from friends or in college, like people just picking up this very strong devotion to Mary, I never felt like I really understood that um kind of like how you know everybody gets so hype about Therese I was like I don't I don't really get it yeah neither <laughs> do I <laughs> that's a whole another episode right yeah, there it where is. you and I will go toe-to-toe -to -toe, like it's a boxing match yeah I'm on I'm on her team now she she recruited me but uh but Mary I I think I 
I felt like I should have had a deeper devotion and a, a lot of my favorite saints, like Saint um, JP2, Maximilian Colby, like all of these incredible saints had very strong devotions to Our Lady. I never quite got it. And then, you know, I became a focused missionary and then I was sent to Ave Maria. Fitting. Yes. Um, and this, the town, so it's a university and there is a town that is built up around it that is actually named Ave Maria. Um, And the church is right in the center of the town. And we had uh, for the feast day of the Annunciation, which is where we get the, you know, phrase of the Ave. Yeah. Um, The town threw this huge feast for the entire town and the university, like an outdoor steak dinner, Um, sometimes we had like fireworks. We always had musical performances. We brought artists in for concerts and did field day activities. Like it was, it became like, you know, this jubilant day of like excessive feasting. Um, and I loved seeing the whole town come together. But when I started kind of going deeper into it, um, cause it wasn't just, you know, let's just celebrate the reason for this town and this university but let's go deep into who our lady is and what the annunciation means and over the past just even the past few months the annunciation has been brought to life for me um you look like you want to say something what do oh, you i want to say, say many things but i want to keep my mouth shut what <laughs> what do you want Nothing. just keep going Oh my gosh. Am I making puns that are unintentional? No, no, you're not. Okay. Cause you're making that face. Like yeah. I said something that I didn't realize. Okay. No, you're good. Gosh, I'm not going to be able to even look at you while I talk. <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, yeah, the annunciation, just the annunciation coming back to you last few months. Yes. Um, particularly, um, Mary's yes. I mean, the whole, so the whole story, this is when the angel Gabriel came and appeared to Our Lady and says that she's going to be the mother of God, essentially. And she says yes. Um, Thanks for the cliff note version, by the way. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But it's, it's her yes. Well, I mean, there's so many aspects of it. There's this book that I um, read, I did a Bible study with. Um, some girls, it's called Walking with Mary, and it's written by Dr. Sri, and he goes into all of the, like, the illusion, like, the Old Testament illusions in the words of the angel Gabriel to Mary, and so, like, even just, like, the little thing, like, they saying, you know, Mary, do not be afraid, um, like, that would have meant, like, going back into the Old Testament and seeing all of the ways that when the Lord or an angel speaks for the Lord saying, don't be afraid, it's always in the context of you're being given a mission and it's going to be so daunting that you are going to need to know that the Lord is with you because that's the only way that this is going to be, like the only way you're going to be victorious. So like already, you know, the Lord or the angel saying like, do not be afraid (laughs) would have let Mary know I'm about to give you this thing. Buckle up. It's going to get real. Exactly. (laughs) And I love that. And so it puts so many things in perspective with the Annunciation. Like Mary, oh my gosh, the, you know, Christmas hymn, Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. Oh my gosh, she knew way more (laughs) than you even know. Um, 
yeah she knew like from the angel's words going back through it highly recommend that book um but going back through it she would have known yes she is going to be the mother of god and yes this mission is going to be daunting and it is like it's a mission it's not just you know have this child and he's going to go and save the world he's not going to be you know the um the victor and the savior that is going to mean that like everything's going to be easy from here on out that he's going to vanquish all of your enemies like actually no he's going to be the one that appears to be vanquished and so when mary gives her yes it is a yes um that is so full and complete um knowing that what she's saying yes to is something that is going to be so outside of her ability what do you want to say? Nothing. Keep going. You oh, then fix your face. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she knows. Um, she knows it's going to be um extremely difficult. It's going to be outside of her human abilities to accomplish. Um, and her yes is one, like reflecting on her yes and what that means. Like you know, every day God calls us to. He asks of us to give a yes. He reveals himself to us. And um, the extent to which we give our yes is not one. Like, she didn't know. Like, with everything that she did know, she did not know that her son was going to be tortured and killed in front of her. And the fact that she could stand with him at the foot of his cross, like, that is still her continuing yes from the Annunciation. That she didn't, like, she didn't know the particulars, but she still assented to everything that came forward, which I've just been reflecting on, like, how often do I give a yes to God that is that complete? And saying, God, you're not telling me exactly what's going to happen, but I know who you are, and I will trust that what you're doing is still a part of the plan that you've like revealed to me that you have my good in mind. Um, That's only done with trust though. It is, which like, like all of these things in Mary's life when she, I mean like you can just go through all of the joyful mysteries, uh, so many opportunities, like the joyful mysteries actually you reflect on, they're not actually super joyful. <laughs> like, Simeon and Anna's yeah. prophecy it's like hey Mary guess what a sword's going to pierce your heart and your son's going to be a contradiction and like all of these different things that doesn't sound super joyful and like the joy of finding Jesus in the temple yes there would have been joy but that's also preceded by losing him for three yeah. days mm-hmm. and he's like mom you should have known <laughs> it's not like mom you found me <laughs> like not this like fun reunion like at an airport you yeah. know when people are coming back it's like Man, I was here all along. Exactly. Like, in in all of those things, she still gives her yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, her yes can be a little bit, I don't know. Her yes can be, like, a little bit deeper standing at the foot of the cross. Because now she's seeing exactly what, like, the consequences of that yes were. Um, But even without knowing it, she still assented to it. You know, like even without knowing that is the suffering that was going to come, she still said yes at every like moment. I feel like that's the kind of yes that God asks from us. Um, like in our spiritual life, you think about like that's the kind of yes that you would give to your spouse one day. Like yeah. 
you know, yeah. and sickness and health and all these different things. Yeah. Like we actually have no idea what the no. future is going to look like, but our yes means that regardless of those, we still assent to. It's, it's so hard because I think we're always, or we're very comfortable with making decisions or committing to a path of life or a plan or a career path or, you know, a, a degree program because we look at it and we're like, oh, okay, I know this is like the most sure guaranteed route. You have all the variables. I have all the variables. I figured out like this is going to be the best path. And like I'm not going to take an action. We're I'm in not control. going to commit to anything. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. How often do we only give our yes? And like thinking about the time that we spend with our friends. Mm -hmm. How often do we give a yes to like, yeah, I'll hang out with you next week. And actually mean it. <laughs> mean it. Like, and we wait for the, like, hold on. I need to know all of my options. Here's and the then thought I will commit. Yeah. Commit to a day to hang out with a friend three weeks from now. Ooh. <laughs> with no idea what else is going to happen that day or what's yeah. going to get them. But, like, keep, keep that block of time. Yeah. And isn't know? that, like, don't you feel the most, like, loved and cared for and chosen when somebody can commit? Even when there are like other things that come up or like even when you know more and it looks like, oh, this might be more uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mary didn't back out even when things got insanely difficult and actually looked like the yes that she gave or, you know, like saying like, yes, I will choose to care for the son of God. When it looks like, oh, wait, is he actually the son of God? He was just killed in front of me. Right. How can right. God be killed? You know, like she still, it was still a continuation of that. Yes. So like just spending um, time in prayer, reflecting on like the yes that Mary gave in light of the rest of her life. I think there's that, all, that uh, other aspect of like a lot of times people don't commit to something until they're guaranteed of the outcome. Yes. That they want. And like the outcome was never like guaranteed for her. Right. You know, it was it was an act of trust. Mm -hmm. And I mean, kind of, though, it, but like, yeah, like, it's, it's weird. God is like, good and God is faithful. Yeah. Like she knew that like that was that was mm -hmm. a guarantee that God is trustworthy. But each step along the way, you got to think with like. There was that temptation to say, like, well, is this really the outcome? You know, the right. crucifixion. It was this right. how it was supposed to end, you know, losing him like I just, you know, Am I going to find him again? You yeah. know, she knows that God is good. She knows the generations and the stories that have been passed down and the fidelity of God to his people. But like the path at times would seem like it didn't encourage that. Right. But yet she continued to trust. She continued to be faithful. Yeah. She continued to believe that Jesus was the son of God. Yeah. When you think about like all of his disciples who had lived like this deeply integrated life with him for the past three years, seeing his miracles, seeing raising people from the dead, you would think that they too would be able to give their yes like her. And she was the one that stood at the foot of the cross yeah, with him, knowing who he was, which almost you would think bring about like a greater, um, like to know, like, you're killing God. Yeah. What what that would have been like. So, yeah. Anyways, Annunciation, I 
there's and there's so, there's so much, much more there. that so we could yeah. keep going into but um yeah i'll leave it with that that's that's my my marrying moment and that's mm-hmm. how i want to try and imitate her and grow closer to her yeah and yeah love asking for her intercession mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. those areas i think f- for me the the scene that i come back to where it's like i look to mary and say like okay i want to imitate you in that capacity or you mentioned even intercession for for me they come they collide in the same gospel scene and that's the wedding feast at cana Mm. which oh my gosh we could do like multiple podcasts on that there's so much depth there i love 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 the wedding feast at cana and you talked about like how the joyful mysteries are not necessarily super joyful like now the wedding feast at cana is like the most joyful <laughs> it is a party a like, party a that went so party. crazy that they ran out of all of their booze super early yeah that's why you always invite the lord to your parties that's very, yep. oh, but yeah. um the the role of mary in the wedding feast at cana is so awesome and one of the things i love about her role there is um how forthright she is and she takes the initiative you know she takes the initiative with um she's attentive to her surroundings i think that's something that like she just doesn't wait for things to come like she's surveying she sees what's happening around her as an attentive to the implications of that you know they're running out of wine what a um what a disgrace that would be to the bridegroom to run out of wine you know and she she cares for him she wants to make sure that he doesn't um end up disgraced you know especially at the beginning of his marriage and so then she sees she's attentive to what's happening around her and how it affects the people that she loves and then she turns to her son and says they have no wine like she takes that initiative like she's sure gosh i can't speak right now she surveys (laughs) the scene so many s's in there she surveys the scene and um then she takes the initiative and turns to her son, who she's very confident can handle this situation, right? And she's like, okay, you know, they have no wine. Which is crazy that she arrives at that conclusion because Jesus hasn't worked any public nope. miracles at this point. So you kind of wonder, what's been going on Wait, in the it, Holy <laughs> Family's house? Let's go back to that uh, workshop in the carpenter's <laughs> studio. What's he been doing? You just kind of wonder, like, wow, for dinner, you know, every time they bring out you know, a pitcher of water, Jesus is like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold up. Let me fix this. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, she was so confident that um, she knew. And she doesn't doesn't necessarily know how exactly he's going to do it. But she brings to him the problem and says, it's in your hands. I know you can take care of this. You take care of this. And I just love the how bold she is about that. And confident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. What a mom. What a woman. Mm-hmm. But then not only, I mean, that is so amazing that she takes the initiative with her son, who is God. Right. And in a real sense, like she's leading him. She takes the initiative and directs his attention to where the greatest need is. Right. And um, I love that. And that's where, um, you know, I kind of want to imitate that in my life instead of just like 
kind of sitting back and like, okay, Lord, whatever you want, or, you know, which is not a bad thing to say every now and then, but there are times where it's like, no, Lord, I need you to look in this area. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where the greatest hurt is, or I'm seeing somebody else in my life. And so I want to imitate Mary in, in that. Um, but then at the same time, she doesn't stop there. <laughs> well, I, I just kind of going back to what you're saying, like she's, She's confident, and we should be confident that when we bring the Lord our troubles, that he will do something. Yep, yep, yep. That he cares as much, if not more, than we do. Mm-hmm. He always cares more. Always. <laughs> but I think that that is, that is so beautiful in our call to imitate her in bringing the Lord the cares of our heart. Like, again, going back to trust, she trusts. Yeah. She yeah, totally yeah. trusts that he is who he says he is, and he is going to do something about it. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder how often we bring the Lord the cares of our heart and kind of look for proof of his caring by him answering the prayers in the way that we want. Right. And you kind of wonder, like, going back to, like, the Annunciation and her yes, it was like, Lord, I know who you are. I trust what you do. Like, you kind of wonder, like, maybe what did she expect him to do? And... What if he had, you know, done something else? Like it wouldn't have made her yes any no. less fervent. And yeah, I don't know. There, there's so much there. There's that you so can... much there. And like so many times we, we approach the Lord with the problem, the hurt, and how we want it to be fixed. Right. We give like, him our, our solution. We give him our solution. We're like, listen, um, I'm going to help you out here. I know you've got a lot to do, a lot to care about, but I've done a lot of thinking about this, and this is the best solution that I can see. So how about you just do that? Like, right. I'm going to help you out, God, and give you the way to answer this. Right. Instead of just saying, I'm hurting here. Yeah. Right. I'm going to trust that uh-huh. you're a physician, and you can diagnose Dude, me. Every child who scrapes up their knee doesn't run to their father and say, oh my gosh, I scraped up on you. Can I get some, um, you know, rubbing alcohol and then the Finding Nemo <laughs> sticker or a Band-Aid to put on this? Like, Wait, that's what did how you we... just say? What kind of sticker? Finding Nemo. Oh, I thought you said emo. And then I thought oh. you meant Elmo. And no. <laughs> I was going to make fun of you for both of those. Yeah. Cool. Emo Elmo stickers. <laughs> emo just like, Elmo stickers. Just like red uh, Elmo with like black bangs <laughs> coming down. Send his band-aids <laughs> of, of emo, emo Elmo. Elmo. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Going back to it. Yes, that's actually a great analogy. Like w- the child who scrapes up his knee doesn't care how the father heals it. He just knows that he will. He knows he's hurt and he knows that the father is going to take care of it. Yes. And so all he does is boo-boo and points to his knee you know because he's crying he can't like get any other articulate words out of his mouth but like just points his knee and says boo-boo and his father just kisses it and that's it Mm. yeah and everything's better yep you know um so that's what mary does yeah the wedding feast jesus look here's a problem and then she steps away and then but does she step away? Mm. Go into that more, Father. Because she continues to take the initiative, right? And this is where she turns to the wait staff and says, do whatever he tells you. You know, she doesn't just sit back and say, like, okay, go for it. Like, she continues to mediate the solution to the problem. Right. She brings the problem to the Lord 
and then she continues to be active in bringing about the solution, but allowing the Lord to truly let his power reign. And so she like mediates it in such a way that she's active, but, um, and she continues to do this, that she's not passive in this in any sense. Right. But in, in some ways, well, you think about it, it's active trust. Yes. It's, it's the trust, like she doesn't go in to the wait staff and say, I want you to do these things. And Jesus might tell you to do some other things or like go find Jesus and ask him what to do. Like she still trusts the Lord is going to do the work yes, and find the solution. And she is just working to predispose them mm-hmm. to receiving the gift that he's going to give. And I think there's an aspect of that that like sometimes we don't think about is think about the anxiety of the wait staff. Oh, yeah. They're, they're there serving everybody, having a great time. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, did we overserve people? Did, did we not order enough wine like you think they're probably going to be the ones they're that are freaking gonna, out because yeah, they've been getting yeah, trouble they're going to yeah because they were supposed to make sure that there was enough wine for the reception and now they're out right and they're the ones responsible for it yeah and so think about the anxiety that they're going through trying to find solutions what do we do do we just water down whatever else we have you know what do we do so she also sees their anxiety and gives them calm and peace and says okay okay do whatever he tells you. She doesn't fix it for them. No. She just says, go to the person or this is the person who can fix it. That's a, She's yes. constantly just pointing back to Jesus. Everything's back to Jesus. Yeah. Wow. And I never thought of it like from their perspective. And for me, that was so much my experience in Lourdes. I had so much anxiety trying to wrestle with like, you know, I don't know what to do with this vocation thing. Do I do it? Do I not? Do I make it? And she was just like, no, you're mine now. I'm giving you the direction that you need. Like you, you can be confident in that. And it just brings that peace, that calm to everything. Cause you know that it's, she's not going to lead you anywhere else. But right. like when she takes that initiative, she's, when she takes the initiative with us, it's only going to draw us closer to her son who actually has the power, the authority to, to make the change. Right. So we can we can trust giving ourselves to her. We can trust 100%. entrusting ourselves to her. Yes. Because her mission is to take us straight to the heart yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Great stuff. So. Wow. Reasons we love Mary. Reasons we love the month of May. So many. So. Hipster Holy Family. Pray for us. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. Hope that you enjoyed our discussion and reflections on the Blessed Virgin Mary. A big shout out to all of our mothers out there who are celebrating uh, Mother's Day this month. We love you all and many prayers for you and blessings and graces throughout this month of May um, as you celebrate Mother's Day here uh, this upcoming weekend as we record this episode. 
please like and subscribe and share this episode with those that you think may enjoy it. We can be found on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and even on our website at catholicwhos.org slash podcast. Once again, that's catholicwhos.org slash podcast. Enjoy this month of May and may God bless you.